So how, on God's gray earth, did this... Detours and Outliers, the podcast where we talk about that one album and an artist discography that sticks out like a sore thumb. It may be their best album, it may be their worst album, but either way, it's that one album where the artist was so preoccupied with whether or not they could, they didn't stop to think they should. This week on the uh, panel, we have... Logan Renard! <laughs> Matthew Moore! And this is Scott Livingston. Um, we're flying solo today. First uh, episode without a guest since like episode four or five, I think. But I think we'll be okay because this week we are discussing Jeff Beck. And I, I believe at least Matt is somewhat of an expert uh, on Jeff Beck. And the particular album is uh, 2016's uh, Jeff Beck's latest album called Loud Hailer. So... Um, for those who are unfamiliar with Jeff Beck, what does he usually sound like, and then what does this sound like? Just a quick caveat. We have some major construction going on here in the studio, and um, um, unfortunately, the only time the plumbers could be here was when we were doing this particular podcast, but hopefully they'll be done soon. At any rate, um, Jeff Beck, Jeff Beck is, is, for those who, who perhaps don't know much about him or very little about him, uh, Jeff Beck is a British guitar player that was uh, among the, um, uh, the original um, three greats of the British blues scene that came out of the, um, the uh, pop-slash-blues rock band The Yardbirds, which, of course, also included... Eric Clapton and Jimmy Page. So whatever happened to those two? Yeah, well, the, apparently, apparently they did they did okay for themselves. But but way back when, way back when, this might tell you how old Jeff Beck is. In in uh, 1965, uh, Eric Clapton quit the Yardbirds, and Jeff Beck became their guitar player. I read somewhere that Clapton is gob. Gob, yes, yeah. yeah. Clapton, Clapton is gob. That, and, and, that explains and they, a lot. They, uh, um, and and. 
one of the more um, Jeff Beck, all three of those guys really, Clapton, Page, and 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 uh, Beck, they're all close. They're all close to my musical upbringing, as it were, in that um, I loved the Yardbirds, and I didn't really know much about them other than they were in the band. And and uh, you know, the more I listened to them, the more I I, I was just. Um, um, in love with the guitar and love gu- guitar playing, and so so their 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 acumen on the instrument, uh, you know, as far as rock and roll goes, is is uh, it it was unrivaled. Yeah. Right. Right. At the time. Well, and he still is, you know, along with like Ingvi Malmstrom and uh, Joe Satriani, one of those guys that gets talked about a lot in like guitar nerd right. magazine every week. He is he is a uh, you know Jeff Beck is the guitar player's guitar player to use the cliche. Yeah. He is uh he does things on the instrument that are are um amazing uh not though just for their their technical virtuosity. Like when you if you were to compare him to someone say like Ingve Melmstein or, or Joe Satriani or, or Steve Vai or, or people like that, he you know he's not as fast, he's not as quick, he doesn't know um or at least he doesn't appear to know a whole lot of the the you know I could be completely wrong about this, but he doesn't banter on about Show how <laughs> right, right, that he he's putting a flat sixth over this chord or that kind of, you know, um technical technical right um yeah. sort of he has a he has a singular voice, right? He has a singular voice, but well, it, but it is, on the guitar, it is he so, is not a singer. <laughs> it is so remarkably masterful, yeah, and and um, and emotive. Uh, I, I really think that his style of guitar playing is it's very lyrical and and it's very voice like. And I think the reason, amongst the reasons, why he's put out so many instrumental albums is he would basically just be competing with the singer. Yeah, because he's occupying that space, and and his uh his guitar can can um, emote as as much as just about any any singer can. The the main reason I ask is I realized as I was preparing for this that other than Barbara Jaggle on uh, Donovan's Greatest Hits and the occasional Yardbirds <laughs> tune I heard on Oldies Radio, I knew absolutely nothing about Jeff Beck. Yeah, and and um. Well, and, and his career is, is kind of interesting. When, when he joined the, the Yardbirds, you know, the Yardbirds had been um, like a lot of um, pop acts in Britain at the time. They were, they were absolutely smitten by American blues artists, you know, specifically yeah. black blues artists. And the Yardbirds were definitely of that ilk. They were also pushing the envelope in a bit as well. They, they never went quite to the, you know, the over-the-top poppiness of, say, the, uh, the you know, the the stones or the Beatles or, yeah. or any of all those the bands, who, the the, kinks, right, all the of that kind of stuff. Yeah. Exactly. They, they were always much more raw than, than that. Yeah. Although, although uh, apparently Clapton quit the band because they were becoming a little too poppy, which by Clapton the way, Clapton does that a lot, <laughs> by the way, is really ironic given his career after that, but still, yeah. but still what, what Jeff Beck did is the, the album that he made with the Yardbirds is, it is a, a pivotal album in that that you know people call it pre psychedelic psychedelia. I think yeah. it's full on. It is. Uh, it has all of that kind of blues influence, but but the the songs are are interesting, quirky, bizarre, and 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 tough all at the same time. And it was this album called um, Roger the Engineer. Well, that's... And uh, I guess in the for the United States release, they renamed it 
over under sideways down. Well, that's much better. But uh, you really get I think that really catapulted Jeff Beck, you know, into fame because yeah. he was he was getting sounds out of that instrument that that I think other people just hadn't even it hadn't occurred to them to make. Who who were the yeah. other two guys you, you clapped in and who else? Page? Or? Yeah, Jimmy Page. Yeah. Well, okay. So Page has some hallmarks of like weird guitar stuff. That, yes, that yes. Pushes, pageness, yeah. But uh, of pageness, but there none of them are inaccessible to mortal guitar players. Right. And Clapton, you know, the the best compliment that I think I've ever heard anyone give Clapton is that he he really kind of distilled some of the classic blues licks into into formula in a perfect way. But it just of those three I you know, I know half a dozen people who can play just like Jimmy Page if they want to and I know scores of guitarists who can play exactly like Clapton. I don't really whenever the person I know who can get the closest to Jeff Beck sounds like, "Oh, they're doing a Jeff Beck like impersonation." It's right. a, it's a really really unique regardless of its its technical uh, you know, how hard it is to do the things that he's doing. Um, it's so him almost, I mean, like a Jimi Hendrix level, right? He's very, he's very, they're, um, they're generations of people who tried as hard as they can to play just like him and they don't sound just like him, but he does. If he bumped into a guitar and, and yeah, <laughs> you would say, Oh, that was Jeff Beck bumping into a guitar. I mean, exactly. <clears throat> and, and he does it and he does it. Um, he does it in a way that is, well, you know, a, course you have to be into this sort of thing i guess right you know yeah. guitar instrumental music but he's um but he does it in a way that's very accessible at the same time yeah well, like what you were saying earlier about it being lyrical his uh the guitar as an extension of of jeff beck is almost like someone's voice i mean even not even singing just in conversation the way your unaffected speaking voice would be you you know unique to one person like his guitar playing is that you know that can only be you can you can steal licks and tricks and stuff from jeff beck but you'll never sound like him because again like hendrix i don't think he ever plays anything exactly the same way twice ever right but right. there is a there is a method to it there is a formula there are ideas and things but it's so uh conversational and so like natural to him that you know, there's just, he's, you know, yeah, just one Jeff Beck. Well, and, and speaking of the other, the other two guitar players as well, is that, that, um, Jeff Beck said he, he you know, all three of them were, were very, they were unique for their time. Only one <laughs> of them kept pushing the boundaries, I think. And that was, that was Jeff Beck, um, you know, in terms of, um, you know, uniqueness and following, you know, and finding a very, a very, um, singular voice, you know, oh, on come the on, instrument Clapton himself. did wonderful tonight. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you know, Tears from heaven is great. Yeah. It's, yes. But also the thing is, is that, uh, <laughs> he will change you know, Eric Clapton, <laughs> Eric Clapton in the sixties is like, there were very few people That's, who could do anything like he, what he was doing. But, but the thing is, is that Beck had, Beck had said, he's been quoted this several times, you know, and he can be, by the way, in interviews, he can be pretty smarmy. So it's, it's hard to know exactly if he's telling the truth or not. Um, or at least, um, you know, how, yeah. tr you know, how accurate, how seriously you should take things. But, but I buy this one. He said, he said he decided early one, you know, he's replacing Clapton and the Yardbirds. And, and he, he said he realized really quickly that, that Clapton was a blues guitar player and he played the blues better. 
So, so he was like, well, I'm not going to go down that path then. Yeah. Right? You know, it's like I, I uh, you know, he certainly liked the blues. He, he's got plenty of blues licks in his, in his vocabulary, but he's like, I'm not going to, why? Someone's doing a great job of this, right? Someone is already covered. doing this, right? I want to do something, you know, something that's, uh, that's unique. And, and, uh, um, and then on the other side of things with, um, um, Jimmy Page, right? Jimmy Page, you know, he ends up, uh, he and Jeff Beck both played in the Yardbirds as a guitar duo for a short period of time, playing duo leads. And then, um, cool. but then um, Jeff Beck left, you know, had some health problems and the like, and, and Jimmy took over. And Jimmy, Jimmy was clearly influenced by all of that psychedelic stuff. Yeah. And, and a lot of the early, um, the early Led Zeppelin stuff came directly out of that. In fact, the first name for Led Zeppelin was the new Yardbirds. Um, and, um, I think that should have stuck. Um, but here's here's the thing: is that the first album, the first album solo album, Jeff Beck, right? Jeff yeah. Beck, uh, which was Truth, and the first Led Zeppelin album, they both contained the blues song um, "You Shook Me," and and apparently they had a uh, no idea that the other person was putting this on their album. Well, there you go. And they're very different takes of the same song, but it does give you this idea that they were coming from drawing from the same wellspring. The same, the same wellspring. Beck though goes on, you know, like like Led Zeppelin, you know, takes off in in the you know heavy rock world, no doubt about that. Clapton Clapton goes off and does his kind of um, he shot a sheriff, and and then you know, and then his sort of country rock stuff, and then and then goes off into you know. Phil Collins produced an album. Yeah, yeah, full on, full on Phil Collinsville. Um, you know, later on, but but um, Beck Beck went went he he um you know did a did a few different versions of the Def, Jeff Beck group, but then he started doing um I guess you'd call it jazz fusion. Yeah, with um um George Martin at the helm as the producer, <laughs> of right, course, the producer. Yes. and uh, famous mm. producer of America and but, but some he, other band. But and you know right and and uh, you know and like on on his uh, probably his you know, one of his Never best selling it. fusion albums was Blow by Blow. I think he does uh, you know he does a version of She's a Woman, um, you know the Beatles song. But of course, it's it's instrumental, right? Yeah. He's, he's just playing the, you know. He's the, not a singer, right? Right, and uh, it's a, uh, uh, you know, but it's it's uh, it's brilliant. It's wonderful. It's beautiful. It, it's it's uh, it's tough. Just like I said, he always brings. You would never mistake Jeff Beck for easy listening. Yeah, I don't think go. ever. A, so he's not Pat Metheny, and I'm glad to bring Pat yeah. Metheny back. Onto yeah, this podcast. be careful with that, Scott. Because you know, yeah. Pat Metheny's got some good stuff out there. We'll get to his Pat Metheny's albums. I will yeah. not be present <laughs> for that. Okay, so we sort of know what Jeff Beck sounds like. Pat Metheny, only better. Um, how is this album different? Well, I'd say number one, um, it's full of vocals. There you go. The, the first, the first, you but, know, the first couple of Jeff Beck albums had Rod Stewart as the singer. So, yeah. so it's not that he's not a he's not against vocals in his music at all. But, but um, it, given his career over the last twenty years, this is fairly unusual. Yeah. Right, that he would do this. Um, although he does seem well. The other thing I was going to say, it's also it's not just a vocalist; it's a female vocalist. Yeah. He had done this uh, a bit earlier, about 10 years earlier, um, when um, the anniversary came up um, for um, Les Paul. Uh, yeah. And, um, and uh, he um, um, won a Grammy, I guess, or at least performed at the Grammys, um, playing How High the Moon cool. with, with, um, with um, 
The oh. ghost of Mary Ford? Yeah, the ghost of Mary Ford. Uh, uh, the woman's name, I can't remember now. She, her voice is great, though. But anyway, he did this, and then it was so successful, he went on the road with her band, there you essentially, go. playing these old old kind of you know 50s Les Pauly Les Pauly kind of stuff, right? Yeah. Right. So, so, uh, so apparently he he digs it. Yeah, he digs. You know, he, he's not a. He, I don't think he's a snob at all. Right? No, you know, but no, I, I think um, from his uh, musical output, post Yardbirds, Rod Stewart, and you know, into the present, like he really jumps all over the place, genre to genre, and and. You know, has uh, if you look at the personnel on any of his, uh, you know, solo records or you know Jeff Beck records throughout the years, it's pretty much the baddest people on earth at the time. Oh um, yeah, yeah. Like everybody, uh, you know, in the '80s is Jan Hammer, and uh, you know he did Beck Bogart Apathy for a little bit, and it's just like when anyone else on you know drums or bass or keys or whatever instrument. If if they're like the shreddiness badass, you know, on that instrument at the time, like Jeff Beck's probably about to make an album with. Oh with yeah, them. yeah, absolutely. And, and uh, in the eighties, he um, he kind of he kind of he didn't he didn't fall off the planet, but he wasn't producing a lot of stuff. He said he liked building hot rods better than playing guitar, but he had kind of a minor. Well, it was a big MTV hit, I guess, with Rod Stewart again for People Get Ready. I don't know oh, if you remember that, yeah. right? But um, but um, he uh, his his big comeback album was in is in '89, I believe. It was called Jeff Beck's Guitar Shop, and um, you know it was playing off his love of building hot rods. And um, uh, but anyway, in, in Guitar Shop, uh, you know that featured none other than Terry Bozio on drums. Yeah. And then and then um, in subsequent years, for well over well over a decade, maybe even closer to 20 years, he, the drummer, the consistent, um, you know, bass players have kind of come and gone. The consistent drummer in his live band has been Vinnie Kaliuta, you know, r- roundly regarded, widely regarded as one of the, um, you know, the premier rock drummers and not just rock, you know, just drummers, period, right, in, in uh, Los Angeles. So, so who are the, the great up-and-comers that he has uh, enlisted for this album? Yeah, this is a little weird. Yeah. This is why it's a bit of an outlier. Because while I've never listened to Jack Beck before, apparently this is a um, British female duo, a guitar player and a singer called collectively Bones, which is a challenge because when I looked on Spotify, there were 14 different bands called Bones. But if you type Bones, all capitals, then in parentheses UK, you can find this particular Bones band. And I listened to all six songs they have up. They have not finished an album on their own. They are very new. They are very young. I think their combined age is about the same age as um, Jeff Beck's first album. You're right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But they, a- they co-wrote and they play on everything on this album. And I will tell you, listening to Bones... Loud Hailer is a Bones album that somehow Jeff Beck got his name on. Yeah, yeah. I think I think that's uh, you know I think that I think that's accurate. I think I think he you know the the story I heard anyway. He he saw them in a club or, or something. You know some apparently event. he was at Roger Taylor the Queen's drummer's birthday party. Okay, yeah, right. And he, and it's he a saw better him. story than yeah, yeah. So than that's a club. that's yes. even better, yeah. right? Yeah, and he uh, he just he just loved them. He thought they were great. Talked to them. Next thing you know, they're making an album, right? Yeah. Um, this this particular album. 
it is it is you know when you when you hear him like logan was saying his his um playing is so so unique and so particularly him it's pretty obvious that jeff beck is playing guitar if you if you know yeah. if you've listened to any other jeff beck albums you just recognize it right away right so it is it is jeff beck there's there's no doubt no doubt about that that said he had done um in the 90s i believe i can't remember the year now but he had he had been the principal guitar player the lead guitar player rather on a roger waters album solo album called amused to death um this reminds me of that quite a bit um not the production but the idea that that you have someone else telling these pointed um rather rather um political and sometimes uh, depressing stories um with um you know jeff jeff Doing his Jeff thing. Doing his Jeff thing, exactly. I, uh, the doing his Jeff thing, uh, man, this sounds like somebody recorded an album in Pro Tools and bought the Jeff Peck like sampler pack, yeah. <laughs> guitar guitar sound sampler pack, and sprinkled it liberally on top of yeah. uh, an already recorded, you know, foot I mean, stumpy, blues rocky kind of... All but two of the songs are credited to... The two Bones girls and Jeff Beck. So, so who are the, the, I think the bass player is just the sessions dude. Uh, and who's the rhythm section? Giovanni Pagliotti is the bass player, and uh, David or David with an E at the end. Solazzi is the drummer. Okay. Yeah, that I, helped. I think I've heard I, I, in the uh, on the tour for the some of the live footage. It's it's Rhonda Smith from. Hey, from the Prince album. There you news, go. Uh, Check out episode this. whatever. Yeah, plus the the Bones, the Bones Brigade, yeah. and uh, I agree with you on some of the songs. Some of the other songs, I think that you know the guitar is pretty integrated. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that is the big question: is how much is this a collaboration? How much of this is just you know Neapolitan ice cream, as I, it were? I'm not. I don't mean to uh, denigrate any of the you know Bones people's playing i think it's great and you know the songs are good and it's a it's its own thing but i think there's a reason that in the past his jeff beck's bands have been made up of again the baddest people on earth um because you get the sense that like they could sort of rein him in like if he if he goes into shred shred beck territory that uh uh you know, anyone else in the band could be like, yeah, you know, tapping we, their watch, you, you know, we can, well, or they can just be like, you know, we can do that just as good, yeah. man. Like we can, we can, we can keep up yeah. like always. And I think there's something to the balance, you know, there's, there's a little bit more interplay rather than it being kind of layered. Well, over I, top. You know, I agree with that is like, even if it, you know, even if they're, they're all in the room playing at the same time. I don't know how they recorded this, right? Even if that's going on, I would, I would, I agree with you. I think it, was, it still has that kind of element because, because it's it's not the interplay isn't there. Yeah, and I think it's probably because they they uh, they're just not. I don't think they know what he's doing. Yeah, right. Uh, you know, at least to you know, at least to the level at which he's doing it. Right? Well, and, and his music. I mean, it's it's approaching you know Frank Zappa type of. After you know a lifetime of making these weird Jeff Beck fusion albums, it's not jazz, it's not rock and roll, it's not blues anymore. It's its own Jeff Beck music, and you know people who can keep up with that have similarly spent their lives learning how to do Jeff Beck music and/or being you know uh, uh, trained or, or coached Touched. by by him. And so I don't know. It, it, 
not on every song you're right, but it does seem kind of disconnected on, on some of them. Well, and that's, that's actually, you know, perhaps that way, why it reminds me of the uh, Roger Waters album. Yeah. It was the, it's the same kind of thing. It's almost like you have another, um, it's almost like you have another singer there and they they might not be singing the same song. Yeah. So, like, so how did Bones not get credit for this? I mean, they got credit as individuals, in, but, you know, it's released as a Jeff Beck solo album, which seems kind of disingenuous considering that, you know, not only do they co-write and outnumber Jeff Beck, but they're along for the ride pretty much. So, I wonder if it was a commercial decision. Or, yeah. <laughs> or I wonder if it was just he maybe he asked them, like, Hey, you want to join a band? You want to yeah. put a band together, right? And then he just released it under his name as right, opposed right, to yeah. the new Jeff Beck group. Right, right. Yeah, well, it could have been the new Jeff Beck I mean, group, I just right? listened to the, the WTF with uh, Tal Wilkenfeld, yeah. and, and you know, she pretty much talks about her joining yeah, a long Jeff, time Jeff you know, Beck just as, as, you know, I, you know, I bumped into, he saw me play on this thing and, you know, kind of bumped into it and, you know, bumped into me afterwards and was like, Hey, you know, you should come. It was all very casual and very, you know, very friendly and stuff. So I can, I can see, yeah, I can see a him, lot of forethought. And yeah, just, I, can, I can see him being kind of moved by a, a good performance and just being like, "Let's go make some music." It, it and seems she, very, she was pretty young too, and, and I think that's also that's also been kind of characteristic of him. You know, I, I mean, I don't think he, I don't think he demands his players be young, but I, but I think I think he's just more open to. Um, New ideas. And, and he's less concerned with things like image. Yeah. I yeah. mean, you know, he's got his own image, but I think it's, it's, it's much more about music, right? Well, again, the, I mean, his current bass player, as far as I know, is Rhonda Smith, who was, you know, with Prince for, you know, 15 years or, or more maybe, and, uh, and was, you know, a, a badass Sessions player before that and a bunch of other stuff. And so whether it's somebody who, you know, is relatively unknown or really established, I, I think... He's he's drawn to talent. Yeah, he's drawn to talent, and he's generally regarded as having a pretty good eye slash ear for uh, you know the right people for the, for the job or for the right. project, and, and what's going to work well with with him. Yeah. yeah. So I guess we can go into it and see how well this actually did work with him, or he with them, or vice versa. Uh, I think the first one is the revolution will be televised and. Just a heads up, most of these lyrics are political. It gives you know it's just like it gives me chills. I just uh, but you know I'm I'm a big Jeff Beck fan. Well, 
and just it's rest like, in peace, Gil Scott Heron. Yeah, <laughs> it tr- right, right. It triggers it triggers some sort of you know endorphin rush in my brain. You know, like his playing, and, and even that was, you know, okay. Right away, here's one reason why it's a detour. This is a concept album. Um, I, you know, Jeff Beck has had albums that hold together really, really well. I don't know as if any of them are specifically concept albums. And well, having few lyrics makes it right. harder to concept an album. Yeah, exactly. And and then and then and and then also the uh, the production is is something that that I I really don't like. And it's not you know, and, and but I get it. Here's the concept: it's a loud hailer, which is a a, a, a another name, an, an English name, a British name for a megaphone. There you go. So so you're this is going to be an album where you're going to be yelling at people. Or right? can't they you, speak English? You want to yell there. at them and make sure that they know what you're saying. And and also, what's the other thing that comes out of a megaphone is a lot of distortion. And yeah. so, so you end up, you end up with these really crunched up drums and, and it's like, I'm okay with, with, um, kind of shitty recordings, but this is a really quality recording that's done purposely to sound I, shitty. I think, uh, I, I compared this to, uh, Primus's The Brown yeah, album right. earlier yeah. and, uh, Matt quickly corrected me saying that. No, the Brown album sounds better than that. Oh yeah, the Brown album does. Well, and, and partly because of that is like like the Brown album has low fidelity issues. Yeah, but they were trying to make the best sounding album they could. I think they maybe were trying to go for something like this, yeah. but didn't know how the hell right, to right, do yeah, it. Yeah, perhaps. Yeah, yeah. It's Only like, got like part of the way there. And but um, but but at the same time, you know, I get I get the concept, right? You know, it's like you you know you're trying to get people's attention. Yes. If if you. Right from the first tune get what the concept is and you know from here on out you won't be surprised that that by anything that's coming like i mean wouldn't you say you know mission accomplished yeah 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 like, I mean, <laughs> well it's not well i don't know if it's a fait accompli because you do need to uh you know you gotta say other stuff the, the first yeah. the first song is like, just it's just oil like, is jism here it is we're gonna yell but uh i'll not, get there don't worry still need to know what we're gonna yell about yeah. but um uh, but uh yeah <laughs> but but right you know the the revolution will be televised it's it's pretty clear right away yeah it's gonna be they get they got shit to say they want to say it yeah well this doesn't and, hold up well because people just watch stuff on their phones and ipads now well so. and it's it you you run the risk of say um john lennon's 1972 album sometime in new york city which was very of the time a lot of stuff about like attica state and angela davis and none of it makes a lick of sense without, you know, Wikipedia research <laughs> right, nowadays. Or, or, so it does date right? these things. And I mean, you know, this is 2016, so it's still fairly current, but it that is a danger this album runs Spiro into. Spiro Agnew. <laughs> <laughs> he must work there or something. Yeah, but, uh, but, uh, but you know, the, I mean, I like, you know, the, the, the yeah, there are contemporary re- references too, but, you know, there's some, you know, clever lyrics, right? You yeah. know, like, it, this is not going to look as good as your Grand Theft Auto, right? Yeah. You know, so there, there's definitely, look, these are young people saying... Young stuff. Saying young stuff, right? And who knows? Maybe maybe Jeff likes it because it makes him feel young. There you go. <laughs> so, well, that was the other question: is how much does Jeff share their their opinion, and how much is he just he's playing the guitar? You can sing whatever the hell you want. I, I think I think like for a lot of us, I think the state of um, the state of world world politics in the West, anyway, you know, is it, it's, it's it, there's a lot to be pissed off about. Justifiably, and, so. I, and I think people just you know I think people just want to talk. That's. And, that's maybe one of my issues with the lyrical content of this. Not that it is political, but because it is, 
Uh, redundant? Yeah, redundant. I was going to say, I mean, I agree with it, but it's uh, a rather uh, didactic tone. And it's like, yeah, no, we've, we've all been alive for, you know, the past, whatever, you know, however many years we've, we've had a front row seat to a lot of this stuff. And yeah, pretty much everybody is pissed off about stuff. And, you know, it just reminds me, it, it, I'm, sonically, it'll come up again, but, you know, it's like Rage Against the Machine in the 90s. You know, it's just like, we're really angry and we're going to get, and it's, it's hard for, to have. For a while, it, it had some, some stank on it, you know, for a while, it, but it just, things kind of move so fast. It, it just seems like now 20 more, you know, crazy things will have happened by the time That's, we yeah. finish recording this podcast. And so it just feels kind of overwhelming and hopeless rather than. Yeah. Well, it's hard to have a, a current and nuanced and balanced um, political discourse within the constraints of a, of a rock pop song, even, you know, one where you're stretching out to four or five minutes and, you know. Well, right. It, 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 that, that, that's, that's all. That's very true. And I think that, that one of the, um, one of the, you know, like, like, um, in general, political stuff doesn't bother me as, unless it's, you know, you know, look, I'm not going to listen to Nazis singing. I'm sorry. It's not going to happen. Right. You know, but, yeah, but, yeah. uh, but you know, if you, if you get, you know, you got something to say, you want to say it, you know, like, like, uh, you know, one of my favorite British bands ever was, um, uh, is the clash and they, you know, certainly they were no strangers to throwing in, you know, their point of view. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's good because it, it can, uh, it can, you know, can create sort of an emotion. But I, but I think you know, kind of what Logan was saying, it even fits in that. It's like, like, wait a minute. It's like a, it, it seemed to me, me, it seemed to mean more when you really felt like no one had heard this and they needed to be said. Yeah. Right. And and I think I think that that but actually this is poignant though in the sense that they're they're I think they're saying this. It's like like no, it's not that that it needs to be said, it's that no one's freaking listening. Yeah. Yeah. And well, so they're gonna just yell it. That's right? a that's a that's a very interesting thing that you brought up the the clash because one of the things that Joe Strummer always went on about was that he was like, Yeah, I get yelled at because nobody could understand what the hell I'm saying. But you know, if they like the song, then maybe they'll listen to right, it right, a few hundred times or, or figure, you know, pick it apart and figure it out. And this is very clear. The, this is what I'm saying. I'm saying yeah. it very deliberately and very slowly so that you can understand every single word. Yes. <laughs> Whereas Joe Strummer is just like, and you know, his attitude was more like, if, if you care, you come if, to if me. You, yeah. If you care, you'll come to me rather than I'm going to yell at you. Yeah. 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 He did not need a loud hailer. How how old are these these? Uh, is, is, I um, don't know. I I got the impression they're only bones. like 21, 22. Yeah, that's what really I mean, just, young. Yeah, yeah. So that's 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 I, just kind of yeah. really interesting there. And I mean, I I looked on their Instagram, and every photo they had is in black and white, which I thought was kind of cool. I just think it's it's just you know it's just ballsy to I mean you know which is all of Jeff Beck's career. It's like yeah. you know I found these two 21 years old, and maybe. Maybe yeah. he did like them because they are saying what he wants to hear. Yeah. Right? I mean, we don't have any evidence of this one way or the other, right? There's, True. He's not out there wearing a Morrissey pin or something. There is a lot of... <laughs> right. There is a lot of... Sp <laughs> there is a lot of sparse information. Yes. I mean, that's that's oxymoronic, right? But there, right. there is a paucity of information on, on this album, right? Um, there you go. Nuke the whales. Nuke the whales. Well, you got to nuke, nuke somebody. Yeah. nuke something. Well, shall we move on to the next track? What do we got here? Uh Live in the dark, or probably live in the dark. I live in the dark 
we will live in the dark won't see me dying in the light i will live in the dark i'm not afraid of the dark if we gotta live in the dark we will live in the dark won't see me dying in the light we will live in the dark I hope you enjoyed your Robert Rodriguez movie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Actually, you know, the sound, now that I'm thinking about it more than anything, that sort of crunchy, compressed, reminds me of Tin Machine, that uh, band that David Bowie yeah, had yeah. in the 90s. Uh-huh. I don't know why, but that's what's I, popping I in my head. Well, the bass drum, it has, a, it has a, what they call in the movie industry a bouge. It's the trailer, like... <laughs> <laughs> it's there's some very odd a it's a, a a strange collision of production styles on this one yeah. so the uh well and it is it is interesting as well that you know there's there's two guitar players yeah right? you know there's jeff beck and whoever the other half of bones is carmen carmen Vandenberg or something carmen yeah that um and and uh uh one of the you know jeff jeff almost always played with you know him being the singular guitar player. Yeah. There was a time in the the noughties, I think, that he um, he invited um, Jennifer Batten, um, who is a um, Los Angeles shredder. Um, he, you know she played with um, Michael Jackson and, and others for yeah, a while, yeah. right? Right, and um, to join his band, and um, uh, you know that that was um, that was an interesting phenomenon. But you're talking about someone who who clearly has all of the chops to you know cover everything that needs to be covered right exactly and 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 also to you know to go toe to toe with jeff if if you know if, if the situation demanded it yeah. i'm not sure if if um that's well actually i am pretty sure that is not the relationship in this this no this right it's like carmen's it, very nice but she's yeah it's like you got bones and then you got a ringer yeah which is you know jeff beck coming in to, well i think because of the you know the bass player and the drummer are kind of ringers as well I think it's probably to have some to. I wonder if it takes two of them to kind of balance the scales with with Jeff Beck. I wonder if the 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 rhythm section is like Bones's usual touring rhythm section. I don't. I'm not familiar with their names or anything. Yeah. I wish I could have found more, but they're pretty solid here. But you know, yeah, yeah. Studios are magic places now. You can yeah, make just about is... anything sound more solid than it is, but still. Well, and knowing what we know about Jeff Beck, yeah. he's a you know play it for real right kind of guy. I, I don't, yeah. I can't think of a single instance in his catalog of something just being really assembled. Oh, speaking of know. play, play it as it is. There is an, an apocryphal story of, of Jeff Beck. Um, it might have been blow by blow, um, but it was definitely one of those albums he did with George Martin. And I guess he kept coming into the studio to redo the solo because he he you know it would keep him up at night and he couldn't stand what he played. And so he'd go back and redo it and redo it. And I guess he went back and and there was no one there. Everyone was gone. And he called up George Martin and he's like he's like what? he goes I need to re-record this solo. And apparently George Mark Martin said we can't do that. The album's in stores already. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, so, so they just uh, so so he's a bit of a perfectionist, you know. And this maybe part of this is him, you know, 
Letting it, loose? Letting loose a bit, right? Just like, well, he is. Know, how old is he? Like he's a 70 or something? <laughs> he's got to be, right? Because if you figure, you know, like in the Yardbirds, if he's 60, if he joined the Yardbirds at 65, you got to figure he's got to be at least 20 years old. Yeah. Right? Sort of, sort of a minimum. So what's the math there? 50, yeah. 60, 70 something, right? Yeah. 75 probably. So, yeah. Yeah. Well... In the states, you can either if at seventy five, you can either be a politician or dead. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> these days, so that's so pretty he's, good. He's for trying a rock to be a politician. Guy. Yeah. Shall we move on to the the next track? Where we got pull it. Pull it. That sounds more like a Jeff Beck tune because it's an instrument. I, I was mistaken. Right, this, this one yeah. has the bouge. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So this is this is a well. This is a uh, yeah. This is a Jeff Beck instrumental that's been loud hailered. <laughs> we did all soil ourselves. <laughs> yes. Yeah, just so then. Well, that's always the question. Is it like crass and commercial or embarrassing when an old guy tries to? keep up with the trends of the young people or is it like brave and and you know well that's the thing is like like i i you know it, it could be just because i'm just such a fan you know it's hard it's, it's it's more difficult to just be critical but i did read a few reviews of this album and and there were a couple where they they kind of made that accusation and it's like like jeff has never chased the commercial ever well that's why he's not been commercial ever. Yeah, right, yeah, right yeah, as so. i was about to really rip on particularly this song i some of my favorite Jeff Beck stuff is the 80s stuff with Jan Hammer and yeah, yeah. Uh, you know uh, There and Back is great. Yeah, There and, and Back is really and, good. And yeah. might as well, you know, be the be playing in, in low in the background of every episode of Miami Vice. You yeah, know, yeah, so it's well, so, well, well, so him doing something yeah. just really yeah. yeah. Of its, t- you know, of yeah. the time, and and that has more to do with with Jan Hummer's synthesizer sounds, right, though, right, than, 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 the, than Jeff. Beck, but this right? has more to do with all the production right, right, and, and the, other stuff going on than than necessarily, you know, Jeff Beck. Yeah, that's guitar true too. tone yeah. or anything. This so. song was co-written by the co-producer Felipe Sonati. I'm not familiar Felipe with Felipe Sonati. Yeah, yeah. You know, it could be. It could be just you know. I don't know. Maybe he was just bored. Whatever. I, yeah. I tend. I tend to think that he's just. He just. Um. Um. I, I tend to think, you know, if, yeah. If this was an attempt to be commercial, I don't, I don't think that was, I don't think that was an intent. I no. mean, it just doesn't seem. It just seems very unlikely to me that that would that would be the case. There's not a lot of dubstep guitar instrumentals. Um, look, you know, when I told you in the 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 '80s, he had that that MTV hit with Rod Stewart, right? Yeah. People get ready. Well, Rod Stewart invited him to go on tour with him. You know, and you know, sort of like the good old days, right? Sort of yeah. Jeff Beck group, and they went on tour, and and I think Jeff lasted like three weeks or something, and went home, and and uh, and you know, they interviewed Rod Stewart, and he was very gracious about the whole thing. He's like, like, look, it's like, like this is Jeff Beck, and he's standing on stage strumming away while I'm singing Maggie May. It's yeah. like this is not. 
his thing where he belongs yeah. right right so so it's a but you know that could have been it probably was right it probably was have been a huge payday for him you know um yeah um rod stewart was you know big tours lots of money at the time yes. and it's just like yeah, yeah. i think yeah, yeah i mean not interested jeff Beck right? is a musician's musician yeah. and you know really just loves to to play guitar and and to play guitar in kind of new new and different you know, uh, uh, scenarios, set, scenarios and, and, uh, uh, styles of music and things like that. And so I think he probably didn't think much beyond, well, I haven't done this before. This is neat. <laughs> it's a challenge. Here you go. This is what the kids are into. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Let's see if I can figure it out. if I can figure it out and, you know, make a passable and yeah, again, as much as I wanted to like kind of rip on this being corny, it's like, no, nah, kind of through his whole career, he's done this thing where he's like, this is my weird yeah, jazz yeah. fusion interpretation of some production style or style of music that's really popular right now. And so, I don't think so he, here we I go. don't think he bothers himself with with a lot of the production details. I think that's why you have a producer. I mean, I think that's in his mind. Yeah, you know, he there, deals with that crap. There was an album. Oh, I wish I could remember the the, the name of it now. Uh, uh, Flash. It wasn't Flash. No, this was was much much later. But but he he had done this entire album and he was just dissatisfied with it. Like I said, yeah. he's kind of a perfectionist. He's just like I don't you know. Oh. Yeah. So they sent it out to one of these um, gurus. Uh, I can't remember who it was. You know, Mitchell Froom or somebody. Somebody yeah. who is like you know great at chopping stuff up, right? And they they you know so they chop up all of his songs and in, in this and and um, uh, by the way I listened to it. It's just great. It's yeah. like he picked all the you know the right the right parts right. <laughs> And uh, but I guess Jeff hated it. You know, he hated the whole thing, like disavowed the whole thing. And I think it won a Grammy. Yeah. So it's like you know, it's like yeah. <laughs> Artists are not always right. the best judge of their own work, right, but right. Uh, you know, it is an instrumental, so it's probably the least political song on here. Right. Shall we go on to the next track? What is it? Uh, Thugs Club. Thugs Club. Yeah. Right. Thugs Club. Looking for Larry, somebody's seen him. I've seen with a case full of cash down apes singing all Larry's all We're going out to Larry, cause we've got some questions. Cause some of his sums don't add up, as long as little Larry's alright. So my impression of this, it's uh, Ani DeFranco backed by Living Color. I was going to say uh, the um, the cruise ship uh, uh, Rage Against the Machine cover band. There you go. The generation of Georges is always all right. There's some subtlety there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, not, rather than naming a specific George, which would date the song yeah, yeah. a little more. But I think, I think you know, for us, it's pretty obvious, right? I don't yeah. know about you know, twenty years from now, people listening to this, what they'll. Or I'm not even sure what twenty years, twenty twenty year olds right now would think of that. That is true. I mean, I I somehow doubt twenty year olds would pick up an album by Jeff Beck. Well, that that's, I think yeah. the name probably would have scared him off. He might have actually had more commercial appeal had he named it the bones featuring right, Jeff yeah, right, yeah, yeah. if they were to do that they should pick up uh, wired or blow by blow uh, yeah 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 that's okay yeah. this is a actually you know there there's there's elements of this that that um you know like i was saying the production just isn't of my taste but yeah. but it is kind of fun that that the uh you know the guitars are so up front 
that they're they're they're. I mean, it's like impossible to ignore. They're like right right in front of your eyes, right in your ears, rather. Um, yes. And and not um, you know, With Rosie right behind. I'm yeah. here. Yeah, yeah. Fight <laughs> the system. It's not like a capitalism is bad. <laughs> it's like it's. <laughs> Yes, but it's not. It's not like you know, like uh, you're strumming away and you're the folk singer, right? No, you know, no, this, this isn't is like a, you know, Joan Baez, right? Joan Baez <laughs> or Pete Seeger with his banjo. You know, that's a that, God, that, that um, the stereo pan on this is pretty. Yeah, but but you know, it's it's more like everything is just like right up, right up there, and and you know, and you can hear, you know, I mean, partly because they just got the compressed you know it's so compressed is that uh you know you can hear the fingers on the strings it's it's pretty cool yeah do you i mean you think this would have i know it would have sold nothing it would have sold no records at all because records don't sell because records don't sell it well records might actually sell again cds no right right yeah just recorded uh, music in general i if i think about this like a Bones record with Jeff Beck, who they hired to play guitar on their yeah, featuring Jeff featuring Beck. Jeff Beck. This would be like this golden nugget of of awesome, yeah, you know. Yeah. And you'd be like, "How did the Bones get Jeff Beck to do this?" And man? we just called him up, and he was you know he was down. He helped us write the songs and everything. Yeah, he put an instrumental I, on I, there. I, th- and, I think it's in that context that yeah, it's this a much is, easier this is to swallow. odd, but yeah. And again, the Bones don't have an album. They've got like a track on Howard Stern's tribute to David Bowie and a couple of their singles, but this is it. So it's too bad we couldn't have gotten uh, Maul Mollusk to uh, comment on this because she doesn't listen to lyrics, and it would be interesting. Yes, to, to hear what she thinks. There's a lot of I, I, I spared her from listening to this. I think <laughs> like, she would have. I think you're just afraid she's going to like it. No, I don't think she would. Uh, it's not for everyone. She as a as a badass guitarist, she's not like super much for shreddy guitar music. She kind of likes Well, that's the thing. That's the thing is like with Jeff Beck to me is not it's not shreddy guitar music. Yeah. You know, even though even though he clearly has that um ability and you know, reputation. And re- well, you know, probably reputation, but it's very restrained, I think. You know, there's even there's even uh, I mean not on this album, you know, obviously, but on that album I was speaking of earlier, Guitar Shop. There's this there's this one little thing he does this super fast shredder riff that lasts maybe like two measures, that's it. Yeah. And I remember people asked him about, well, why didn't you do more of that? And he goes, oh, he goes, that's just my hats off to the kids in the record stores that are trying to show off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was <laughs> like, you know, uh, like, as our as our buddy uh, Todd Dival, the recording engineer at uh, Silo Sound, would often say about some shreddy people, I wish I could play like that, and then I wouldn't. Right, right, exactly, <laughs> right. Know, and that's yeah, very Jeff. You know, you get very Jeff back. I mean, there, there's, there's, thing. there, there are times when he will only play one note for several measures, right? So it's like you like know, it's, his, <laughs> like his hand is slow or something. <laughs> yes, weird. <laughs> but um, Thugs Club. Well, do we have any comments about that uh, particular? Uh, it's a foot stomper. Yeah, I mean, I think lyrically it, it falls in line with what you would expect the rest of the lyrics to be after having listened to the first four songs, right. you know. And I think it's who's, you know, who's the real thugs. Yeah. Right? I mean, is it, you know, is it Colin Kaepernick? Mm. Or, or is it, um, you know, the Georges? <laughs> the Georges. Well, shall we move on to um, the worst, or, I mean, Scared for the Children.
Now, I was, when I first listened to this, I thought it was a cover. Yeah, it sounds like a, a power ballad from, like, a Bill, Bob Geldof. But even even I know it's Christmas. Ballad, yeah, Scott. <laughs> even even the words though, I I, I I looked, I kept looking up, trying to see. I know I. It is. It's like I swear. I believe that children before. are our future. Yes. Yeah. It's this is for the children. Not yeah, they usually one of the are. More <laughs> it does have some of the better guitar playing on it. It is, but it is one of the schmaltzier. I mean, we've mostly had like dark funk up till this point, and yeah. this is just. Well, this this is one thing. About Jeff Beck, he he is very capable of schmaltz. Yeah. I could see some, you know, <clears throat> singer-songwriter would strumming this song at an open mic night. Wouldn't have nearly the uh, guitar histrionics on here, but well, you could do this as just a simple sing-along around yeah. the campfire kumbaya kind well, of thing. As his guitar playing is very lyrical and... Uh, you know, emotive or what, very uh, uh, voice-like, yeah. singer-like, and, and he has the you know he has the same chops that a really good singer would have. But on with guitar solos, he can ham it up in a ballad just like any yeah, yeah. Oh, he, any crooner you can. He was imagine known for would, closing you know. his shows, um, coming on stage with just his strat and playing somewhere over the rainbow. Well, there, you, yeah, this is kind of. But this, this could, I could see this song on one of his solo, one of his instrumental albums. Yeah. Without the, without the singing. Yeah. Right, the the singing does not add anything. The lyrics are bad, and her voice, you know, she's not. She's much better at screaming through a megaphone than trying to plead sincerely. The end of the age of the innocent. Is that not from another song? Uh, Don Henley, maybe. I'm, yes, I'm, I'm pretty something. sure the first one to say, think of that. <laughs> it's like, uh, it was just there the whole time. Uh, yeah. Well, I don't know. This, the last one's a ballad too, right? It might be. I yeah, believe. Yeah. yeah. She's affecting this, like. Oh, 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 sorry, this could have come off of Roger Waters' "Amused to Death." There you go. I mean, even the melody is is well, not that children. far off. Yes. Yeah, like, um, so I, I like his. Uh, I mean, it's kind of steel guitar-y up top, and that's one of the things. I mean, I know he does use some effects and things like that, but not really over the top. He does a lot of the Danny Gatton volume right, and tone right. knob swell stuff and pickup switching. And Jeff Beck plays a, a strat in standard tuning through a couple of different little amplifiers. I think he switches amps to get different yeah. clean and lead tones, but. He's he's masterful at making one very ordinary guitar sound like a bunch of different types of guitars in a bunch of different styles, yeah. and it's he does it with his fingers. Yeah, she so, almost sounds like she's trying to sing like Cyndi Lauper, though. Very sorry. It kind of has Baby a little dolly, bit yeah, breathy kind of. Well, she's she's got a pretty thick um, accent. Yes, from an American perspective. What, governor? <laughs> Fresh in your drink, governor. <laughs> Finest Brits from Sussex, they are. <laughs> but um, well, you know, it's a, this is yeah, this is a, a schmaltzy song. I'm not yeah. sure if it's this one or another one coming up, but uh, one of these really, I've been on a big uh, Kate Bush uh, yeah. kick. 
lately and and one of these tunes maybe this one i was just like man if you sped this whole song up like 40 percent, it's like the bridge in the middle of a really crazy kate bush song you know <laughs> i'm scared for the children yeah, it'd be like a, a, a part <laughs> stuck in the middle of a completely stylistically different song. Yeah. Well, and I think the stylistic, I mean, we had no um, preparation for this severe drop in, in tone and tempo, I feel. So it, I think it stands out a lot worse because of that, because everything up to this it's point. It's been kind of ratcheting up. We, yeah, you know, we had, we had drink, drink, two or three drink, in a row, then, they were getting... Uh, Man, they were angry. And, and, this, and this one is still, you know... It's, we're mad about stuff. It's still got a little bit of the megaphone sort of yeah, thing the going on. Yeah, the little bit of the loud hailer going on, you know, but, it, it, but, oh, but it's, so, um, it's so clean compared to everything else yeah, on the Yeah, there's album. no distortion at all on that one. It's, it's like, a, well, you know, I, I was listening pretty carefully. There, there, there actually is a lot of distortion just... By comparison, it's as if there was none. <laughs> that that yeah, that's there you go. It just feels like a right, lot. Right. <laughs> yeah, it's there's there's distortion on the guitar is just not on the mastering. Right. Like there yeah, is on the so. other. <laughs> but um Yeah, well, you know, and this is this is a um yeah, it's a song that's supposed to be what, emotive. Yeah, hopeful, anthemic. We gotta save the kids. I mean it's I agree with the sentiment. I just I but it's kind of like everything's fucked up and we we fucked it all up and yeah. Know, well, I mean, I'm not scared for the children. They they they're gonna, you know, it's too late for them. <laughs> <laughs> it's like <laughs> I'm not scared for the children. You're gonna die before you're 20. You'll be fine. Yeah. <laughs> it's us old guys, so you don't worry about. Yeah, it was fucked up when we got here. Don't yeah. look at me. It was like a- exactly. <laughs> Shall we move on? Uh, to uh, right now, is this the uh, Van Halen cover? Oh, yeah, I'm sure it Van is. Hagar. Van Hagar, Van Sharon. <laughs> Like the, uh, this the, is the most danceable song it's on if the album. to the Kardashians, perhaps. Perhaps, yeah. It's just it's a, again, you know, we're scared for the children, but we're also decrying the, the vapidity of modern society that will eat up those children. Oh yeah, yeah. No, they're they're. Um, it's always been a problem. See, the thing is, that's 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 it's it's a. I, I, it's kind of what we were talking about before. I think, um, well, I agree with almost with most of the things they're saying. Yeah, you know, I, it, <laughs> what we can understand, right, right? What we can understand. You know, I, I see it. I see what they're saying. I see what they're they're kind of mad about. I see. I see the you know the, uh, yeah, like you were saying the vapidity of uh, you know popular culture today. It's it's um, um, you know the the um, planet's falling apart. It's pretty. It's it's it's. It's worth noting. It's worth noting, right? Exactly, and and um, um, you know, and and uh, and so so I, you know, so I'm reluctant. I'm reluctant to just say, you know, sort of just dismiss this. Yeah. Um. At the same time, I also I also know it's just a a feeling that I've had, just as a person for quite a while now. It's like, look, this is not news. 
Right. No. This has been this has been going on for a long freaking time, and and anyone with their eyes open, even halfway, knows this is happening. And it's like, um, um, is this gonna you know? The train already get people, left the right, station. Right. Is this gonna get people to open their eyes? And if they open their eyes, is that gonna is help? Gonna, is it gonna help? Yeah. Right. Because I, mean, I, I really think you know, in terms of politics, that used to be the thing. If only people knew. Right, if you they remember, would rise up and do yeah, something. Remember, like about old it. movies, it's like if we could just you know get this tape to the press, and once it gets to the press, you know it'll be revealed that all these guys are crooks, and and, and it's like look, every we all know the they don't made it to the press. Anymore, they, right? they, yeah, yeah. They, they stopped even bothering <laughs> yeah, they to hide even, it a while ago. Exactly. So so it's like 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 yeah, it's like like yeah, right on. I I get it. I know why you're. I know what you're saying. I know why you're upset. Um, and, and it's like, but, but, um, um, we're not learning anything here. Yeah. yeah. I mean, not that music should be, you know, well, instructional, glad you brought yeah. up the, the, the clash thing early on. And, uh, because, you know, Joe, Joe Strummer, you know, famously said that, uh, when he was writing political songs or, you know, most of his songs were, but he, he kind of took a lesson from, uh, you know, uh, uh, Jamaican musicians and reggae artists and stuff who had a, a habit of writing really killer dance tunes and burying a lot of subversive lyrics in them, knowing full well that the songs were so, the music was so catchy that even though the lyrics were all about how the, the, you know, legalized cannibalism, the, the <laughs> yeah, the, uh, the, you know, the government's fucked up and, you know, even the, the record company that's putting this out is crooked as hell and screwing me over. Yeah. It was such a good dance song and people were going to like it so much that the, the people who were, you know, they were going to put it out anyways. And he was like, that's, that's sort of subliminal, you know, yeah. subliminal message buried in a really catchy tune was a lot better than this sort of thing where it's Strident. like, look, look, look at for this. Look, the union look, label. Look at what's you know, going on here. And so like, this, I think yeah. this falls short on that where it's like, I don't dislike these music, you know, these songs, but it's not something that's just like so damn catchy. I'm going to listen to it a thousand times before I even realize that. Right. Oh, but, wow. Yeah, there's, there's some there's serious lyrics on. in there. Well, they're, you know, I mean, they're, yeah, this is, this is not disguised. They're, they're, yeah. they're subtlety like right is not what they're going for. Well, and I think, you know, on, on the other hand, I mean, I actually, I, I agree with that assessment. On the other hand, though, I can also see, I wonder what this sounded like. Like we are, we are, um, we are not old men, but we are not, we are no not, longer young We're no men. longer in our 20s, right? Yes. We're not in our 20s. And, you know, and you think like, you know, you look back, you got like um, uh, Mick Jagger, you know, 68 or 9, whenever Beggar, Beggar's Banquet comes out, you know, yeah. and he, he's doing Street Fighting Man. And, and uh, you know, and the, 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 you know, the song is, is, it's a good song, right? It is, it is political. It's also, you know, kind of like, like, um, self-reflective like you know yeah. it's like i'm just a singer what the hell can i do anyway that yeah. kind of thing you know um but what did that sound like to say a 53 year old in 1969 1969 you know even if they let's say they were politically active they wanted to make the world a better yeah. place they were a progressive person and then oh, they, and they hear Goldwater. they hear 20 something jagger singing about being a street fighting man it's like like what do you it's like it's like come on right yeah right now 
Still a good song. Right, yeah, it is. It's a great song. And, and his peers, I'm sure, looked at it quite differently. You know, so so I'm kind of wondering, you know, like like you said, that maybe this was meant for people Bones' age and not Jeff right, Beck's age. Right. And and maybe and maybe this is, you know, so maybe this wasn't meant but it's weird that they packaged it as a Jeff Beck album. Yeah. But well, then again, maybe it couldn't maybe it wouldn't have got packaged at all if it wasn't. Yeah. yeah. Right. You well know? then again, I don't think Sadly, 20-year-olds are listening to music with guitars at all. Yeah, I mean, they're right. not even really listening to recorded music. You know, they're just... As, as I've said before, we will all be dead before the electric guitar is cool again. Yeah. And so maybe maybe that's part of what Jeff was doing, too, is just like, hey... Yeah, trying to inspire so people you, to play you, guitar You again. think that shit you're doing is cool? You know, check this out. Yeah. Right? Oh, um, Who knows? <laughs> well, best of luck to you, Beck. <laughs> yeah, it's like a... I think he's always had kind of a tip on his shoulder. Man. You know, I mean, yeah. I'm, not, I'm not sure if that's the right expression, but he's. I yeah. think he's always wanted to. He always wanted the people to know that. Yeah. He wasn't fucking around. No. Right? Get off my lawn, you young whippersnappers! <laughs> yeah, like, Listen to these whippersnappers. <laughs> well, shall we go on to the uh, the next track? What do we got? Uh, shame. 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 thing for 50s guitar players. He did an entire album of Gene Vincent covers. This is very of that, you know, 6-8 yeah. 1-4-6-5 six, yeah. yeah. Well, when you mentioned the, the Les Paul anniversary thing, I just I was a few years into my you know, playing things with strings on them career. Melda May, sorry that, that's who he's, he's <laughs> yeah. saying it. <laughs> but uh, I um Man, I was I was a few years into playing the guitar before somebody kind of turned me on to you know I knew oh it's how high the moon which I mean has some badass guitar stuff but I mean Les Paul is a mind bending yeah I I don't really shockingly good player I don't really know I mean like to compare him to like you know no he's a Ingvay or something it's like Ugh. yeah like if Ingvay could also play like. You know, Steve I and like three other and, and then, Jeff Beck. And then you know, he got in a like, car accident and and uh, Les Paul. He could only use two of his fingers on his fretting hand. Yeah. And and they set his arm in a position so that he could still play the guitar. Yeah. Well, well and and he still played faster than and later anyone I know. Later in his career, he, he had you know terrible arthritis and things like that, and could barely move either of his damn hands and could. Yeah, play better than you know almost anyone you've heard. So the the idea that Les Paul is this like old timey ballad crooner, whatever. Yeah, no, it's no. like no man, he's the you know 
just the shredness dude well, see, ever a, on the electric guitar. And he invented the freaking electric guitar. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Like, in essence. In, yeah. I mean, yeah. Les Paul was a guy with a big middle finger, and that's probably why um, Jeff Beck liked him so much. Yeah. Yeah. The Wizard of Waukesha. I, if the whole album sounded like this, I'd be okay. It would. It's again a very change of pace from the last. You know. Bop do do bop do do. Yeah. We could almost hear yeah, Frank Zappa's doo wop on top of this. There you go. Yeah. We need some uh, Roy Estrada. Oh, the vocal in there. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. yeah some, the vocals are. I was gonna say she's really good at singing the the megaphone songs, and you know, much like you know, scared for the children, she's not as good at the. Uh, yeah, I agree with the, that. The the croony melodic stuff, you know. I just like the you know the the um, the sonic quality of this one was more was. Yeah, I mean, it, it even has a key change up a step. It was it was like a nice three and a half minutes in, which it was is a nice so, reprieve, I guess. It's yeah, kind of out of place. Well, it's nice that. If they're gonna change gear from the change gears from the you know the uh, angry protest uh, yeah protest uh, blues um, that uh, yeah they did something different this time instead of it being like a pair of angry rocker you know foot stompers and then a ballad yeah you know uh, this was a nice change up yeah. I mean there's not a lot of diversity on this album but it's nice to have any yeah yeah right <laughs> there's a lot of albums i've listened to that uh, yeah you don't get any so so you know i was uh, saying that the uh, the the right now one sounded like the um you know the vapidity of um the um kardashians or something yeah this next one is actually entitled edna it is entitled edna i was thinking of the next song but we'll go with edna okay well edna is mostly just a one minute instrumental introduction to this song after it it's why it got its own separate track number and jeff beck's solo writing credit is beyond me because it's really there are plenty of songs on this album that have longer intros than this it's just another well this was this was this was him this was some guitar composition that was probably not yeah. This is as far as he got it developed. Yeah. I mean, it sounds like the, the soundtrack to a David Lynch film. You expect to see Robert Blake with no eyebrows showing up or something. Those are those volume swells Logan was yeah. talking about. I wonder how much input uh, Rosie and Carmen had on songs like this, or if they just sort of showed up at it was already done. They just had to deal with it. Yeah. I mean, it even segues into the next song so seamlessly that you just assume it's part of the same song. And that next song is The The Ballad of uh, Jersey Jersey Wives. Wives. You you only get one chance with Edna Krabappel. I was saying Krabappel. No, but just uh, going back to Edna for a second, too, those volume swells he was doing, you know, that's a technique that I think a lot of people um, don't realize how well he's doing it. Yes. All I was left with was a wedding ring But without him this gold bandage just don't mean a thing And all played out like a bad B-movie There were holes in the plot and the axes didn't move me You think that I'm mad but I know to my core I've read the official truth but there's a truth worth fighting for 
It's like that Nancy Sinatra song. Bang, bang. <laughs> Shut up. Bang, bang. He's a rocker. May have my vote for the best song on the album. Yeah. yeah. Matt on the, on the guitar work. Yeah, it's entertaining. I think in part, like you said, because there's there's just these different parts that and it's, somehow it's just happening. Right. It's also another. full like Jeff Beck weird guitar stuff. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. not from uh, uh, like classic blues canon kind of right, licks. Right. Which I I mean on some of the the earlier the earlier songs, some of it, it's kind of disappointing. Actually, yeah, it's like you're doing he's doing blues box stuff on top of like bones. Yeah, on top of bo- you know this like yeah, right, uh, right. It's like, yeah. like black keys kind of yeah. like foot stompy rock and roll, and it's like, yeah, dude, that was kind of that wasn't even cool like fifteen years ago when that was cool. No, no, that, so, that was that was cool in nineteen sixty five when yeah, you joined the Yardbirds. Yeah, it's like, and uh, so this one you get he kind of stretches out. There's space for it, so you get to appreciate it um, without well, it being his kind of. Over the top, yeah, solo. Dis- it's over not the rainbow ballad. Yeah, that's that was very very poppy. Yes. Well, speaking of poppy, shall we go on to a O I L O I L? Can't get enough of that sticky. Mmm. O I L. I think there might be a metaphor there. Yes, and it is a. Um, what's that called? An acronym. An acronym. Right. I wonder what it stands for. Oh, I love that sticky. <laughs> They could have they could have just written uh, uh, songs about uh, like uh, lithium or cadmium or uh, oh yeah yeah some yeah. other like uh, some rare earth metals yeah. or or they could have you know covered that song from a uh, Liz Fair's self-titled album HWC which only got abbreviated so they could sell the record it stands for Hot White Cum and Lord is that. A, that's another song you should. That's, check a, out. that's another song. That, uh, <laughs> this, this song, right, Matt. This, this song doesn't. Um, this song doesn't bother me. No, um, it's, the, it's you know, fun. It's and, goofy. Yeah, yeah, it's fun. It's goofy. Uh, I, you know, I, yeah, I think it's yeah. It's I like the vocals. I mean, I like the sort yeah. of. There's not been a lot of humor on this right, album right, up exactly. till this point. Yeah, so it's, and, it's coming a little late in the game, but I, I appreciate it nonetheless. And humor does belong in music. Um, yeah. You know, and, and, and uh, we, we should all complain about oil, but again, it's one of those things that, um, hey, you know, Primus had a song uh, called, you know, Too Many Puppies about, you know, fighting wars over oil. And that was 30 years ago. And that did solve the oil crisis, right? Didn't it, it, it? it solved the oil crisis, right? So we really don't need this. <laughs> you need to, yeah, they're just being thorough. Yeah, yeah. right. <laughs> it's like a Slow. double tap sort yeah. of yeah. situation. But but this is uh, yeah. So right. Yeah. Well, yeah. and again, could any song, no matter how funky or catchy or provocative? Well, I think I think music 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 does have have an ability, you know, especially counterculture kind of music yeah. has the ability to um, um, 
I, I don't think it, you know, I, I really don't think it can change the world. I think it can, I, I think it can be a catalyst to help, to help, um, um, motivate people. There you go. Right. You know, it's sort of like, you know, you, you got to want to do it anyway. And this is just something that, you know, you can, um, you know, it's like, it's like a union song at a rally or something. Yeah, right? It's just, it's just g- to get you going. I was right? going to say, yeah. somebody's making a, a, a documentary about the, uh, Deepwater Horizon, you know, oil spill and needs a, an up-tempo tune for like this uh, smash montage. cut montage yeah, 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 yeah. thing. And yeah, there you go. There you go. So yeah, my, yeah. The song was about weed, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Of course. Sticky stuff. It's the sticky uh-huh. stuff. Well, I'm addicted to that. What? That, Let's the, move on. Oh, well, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> the final track is a shrine. Remember the uh, the pink album? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the hell was that called? Rose Ave. Rose Ave. So this the ballady songs on this really made me realize how much Rose Ave needed some capable lead guitar work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good, Rose Ave featuring. That's a Jeff good point. Would yeah. have been a. But much, I mean, one yeah, that, or two. That would have been pretty cool in the yeah. right place. Yeah. Well, and again, much like uh, Scared for the Children, I could see a very self-serious. Not terribly talented folk singer covering this at a coffee shop open mic, just strumming these chords. Because, I mean, well, there's a lot of cool guitar stuff on it, and none of it is necessary to play the song. It's a pretty lush arrangement, too. Yeah, it, it's probably the only one that has, like, substantial additional overdubs. Yeah. Although, even that's mostly just more guitars, and, like, synths and stuff. Well, that was violin coming in there on the left channel, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah this has like a ton of production co- compared yeah. to yeah, most the rest. of it is yeah, just the band. It just is. It is. Uh, you know, maybe I am just old, yeah. but it's just irritating because there's things I wanted like, in that. Like I wanted to hear it, and it was difficult to hear because they've you know they've intentionally distorted right and and it's like exactly exactly like and i get you know and and that's kind of that is there's a lot of music like that today you know like there's a lot of dance music like that there's a lot of um, sounding like a grumpy old geezer it's too loud but but to me it's just it's frustrating because we have we have technology now that they didn't have in the 60s right to make to make things sound almost like they actually sound and and uh, and people intentionally try to make it sound distorted guitar. Right, it's, it's an aesthetic. I, I don't. I just don't. I can't do Heck, even Jeff Beck said this. You know, he said. Uh, he said, look. You know, the 1960s. Because people always look back on that as this great time for music. He said it was awful. He said none of the electronics were worth a shit. Nothing worked. Everything right, broke. Ever. Right? It's like like it was so frustrating to try to do anything. You know. Uh, you know, um, 
that he wanted to do, obviously. Yeah. In, in, and he's talking about just plugging a guitar into an amp, right? And uh, having it, yeah. In, in, my, in my hometown of, of Wheaton, Maryland, there was uh, um, uh, a rec center that they actually just tore down like a year or two ago. And um, uh, Led Zeppelin and Hendrix played there back in the day. And in, on this tiny little stage where you'd have like, you know, uh, a class graduation or, or uh, you know, a, a tiny play or something yeah. like that. You know, it, and it was the, the all-purpose room, so it was like basketball court with the, you, you winched up the, the basketball net, you know. Yeah. so pulled out the and stacking Hendrix chairs. and Zeppelin played there, and the PA was still up there until they tore it down. And one of my old guitar teachers had actually been there for Zeppelin, not Hendrix, and, uh, and he was... He said that, yeah, everything came off of the the stage. There was no P the PA, which was two like horns, yeah. like they could play like air raid siren. There were no, you know, there was no woofer, right, no, right. you know, it, they were just yeah. these like thirty two thirty watt horns up high on either side in a basketball arena. You know, not an arena in a in a, like a basketball indoor like, like you a know gym. in a yeah. gym, yeah, yeah, in a gymnasium, and uh, and he said. Yeah, it sounded terrible. <laughs> yeah. You couldn't hear anything. It, it, it was really cool to see, you know, my heroes, you know, that was really wild and crazy music for the time and to be, you know, a, a few feet away from them. But sound-wise, it was terrible. And, you know, I think that's sort of taking for granted yeah, yeah, these days. Yeah, yeah, taking for granted this day. You know, where it's just like, no, most of that stuff sounded really not great. You know, so. But, um, well, what do you guys think? Well, um, I will admit that, you know, I, this was the first and only Jeff Beck I had really listened to until, you know, I decided finally I should listen to some actual Jeff Beck later. And so today I popped in like Beckola and a couple other stuff but you know this Pickle is not good but that's okay yeah. well it was just i picked one at random like well this is the other end of the spectrum yeah, 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 yeah. my my recommendations are are wired um blow by blow and uh for a, a more 80s one there and back okay yeah. so as someone who is unfamiliar with beck you wouldn't recommend starting here I would, you know, look, look, you know, you know. I, I know Scott. It's been rumored that you might be a completist. If, if, if this stuff, if this stuff is, you think it's cool at all? This is doable. It's his his discography is not that large. Yeah, I, I hear but, he's um, only yeah. got like ten or so. But uh, but uh, his first solo album, Truth, is is really really good. You know, yeah, Wired, um, Wired's great. Um, Blow by Blow is good if you like jazz. Because it's, yeah. it, it's very jazz influenced, um, Jeff Beck's Guitar Shop is just—it's just a monster album of of technique, and it's not—it's not shred. It's not just flash. It's just um, just really cool songs with with great guitar playing on them, you know. And uh, um, but he's got he's got a ton of stuff that he's done, really in the nineties and the noughties and the more contemporary, but for anyone listening, if you just want a sample of fantastic Jeff Beck, you should watch the DVD or film, maybe even on YouTube. Although I can't vouch for the sound quality. There is a live show of Jeff Beck at Ronnie Scott's, um, with, um, uh, you know, Vinnie Caliuta on the drums and Tal Welkenfeld on the bass. And, um, I can't remember who the keyboard player is, but it is, uh, he plays through much of his catalog on yeah. this on a small stage and, you know, on a small stage and they're just playing. Yeah. Right. It's, it's really, it's really remarkable. Okay. 
And if Bones put out an album tomorrow, would you want to hear it after? Um, I, I would be curious. I'd want to hear it. I don't know if I would keep it. Yeah. I'm just, you know, it, I like this. I'll keep, I like it. I, I think it's, I think it's kind of cool. Um, but it, it's not like, but it's not going to be the album. I'll say, I want to hear some Jeff Beck. I'm not going to put this on. Yeah. Yeah. And if, whether you like this or not, uh, if you have any chance to go see Jeff Beck live, please yeah, oh, do it. It is transformative. It was for me anyway, especially if you can see him in a place where you have a, a respectful audience, you know, where people will actually be quiet when uh. he's playing, you know? So like when he opens for Brian Wilson. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So something like that would be good. <laughs> yeah. And Tal's got a new record now, but, um, which is probably worth listening to. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Oh, yeah, she's fantastic. But, um... But yeah, so I would, um, would you recommend this album for people? Um, you know, if you're a feisty, angry, young feminist, maybe. If you're a Jeff Beck aficionado, I'm not sure I would. Uh, yeah, licks-wise for this one, if you're a Jeff Beck fan, it's nothing you can't hear right. elsewhere Better. in his catalog. I don't know, it... Ah man, I was I listened to this for the first time earlier today and was like angered by it. But <laughs> yeah, but it's which, okay. Which was its intent. It's so it's good. It's I you know, <laughs> I did have a strong visceral reaction to this to this record and and I suppose that's that's a good that's a good thing. That often doesn't happen. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I was gonna say the, the worst thing an album could do is bore you, so at least it didn't do that. Yeah, no, it did not do that. Um yeah, I don't know. Listen to it or don't. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> you should listen to Jeff Beck. You don't need to listen I'll, to I'll this I'll tell one. you what. I, like I said earlier, if this was Bones with featuring Jeff Beck, I would be like, this is cool. Yeah, yeah. This is like this hidden gem. Like, that's so cool that they got Jeff Beck to play awesomely all over their record stuff. But I think in, in that, in the context that it's a Jeff Beck album part of Jeff Beck canon along with wired and blow by blow yeah. and you know that stuff uh it's hey, uh isn't it's blow a by little blow bit. a great Fleetwood Mac song <laughs> blow by blow yes it's just that for like five minutes yeah pretty much yeah, I, I would um um well and, and this this too if if uh you know we characterized it like this a little bit anyway, you know, I think it's, it is, it is a conceptual album. It's a concept album. And, and Jeff Beck, while on some of the songs, he's pretty integral on a lot of them. It's um, he's adding color. Yeah. Right. Like you said, on the ones, you know, you, you could sing it on low and on an acoustic guitar. Right. And it would still be recognizable as that song. Right. So, so there's what well, he's just adding color. And if you like concepts albums and you want to hear Jeff Beck's coloring, yeah, um, I, I would recommend you know the the Roger Waters Amused to Death. It is a good album, and and uh, and his playing is exceptional on it. But it, but it's but it's the same sort of thing. It's like yeah. I'm providing kind of emotional filler for you know the rest of. And as it's a concept yeah. record, I do give them credit for you know establishing that from the very first song, and and for the most part sticking to it throughout and. Yeah, That's I don't e think easier a, said than done, and yeah. I think pretty well done. On yeah, this. there's not a single track other than maybe the instrumentals that don't really tie into the the theme, or at least the anger that you know is you know stated up front from track one. So I guess that'll about wrap it up for this one. Um, 
Don't forget, we have we now have 25 followers on Twitter. We now have 120 um, members of our Facebook group. Um, we've had over 2,500 listens to this podcast. Much more if you count the 300 people in Argentina who all decided to uh, listen to the second Rolling Stones uh, episode all en masse, and I'm sure that's not some sort of fraud or glitch by any stretch. Um, so How much feel- do you pay for that, Scott? <laughs> you know what? <laughs> there, there is a whole movement yeah. in Argentina, in, in South America, in, in fact, um, that's called, um, what is it? Well, I can't remember what it's called now, uh, but it's, 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 a, it's essentially um, um, all inspired by the Rolling Stones, and, and they play... They they discovered roots rock and roll and everyone in South America loves it and it's basically called, you know, revolution like Stones music or something right right it's like it's something along those lines right even though they're not playing the Rolling Stones but but they're they're big I mean they they, I mean socially impactive in terms of um, shit do they have more crappy albums to talk about (laughs) I'm I'm sure they have crappy ones I don't know how many different ones but yeah but anyway I wouldn't doubt I, I think it's possible. I, I think it actually is possible. It seems unlikely that they all decided to listen to the same episode at the very same minute. That that doesn't that seems highly unlikely. But you know, um, if it's a bunch of poor people, they might all be passing the same cell phone around. <laughs> you never that know. still wouldn't explain the uh, no no but the, uh, phenomenon. Any of you from Argentina, if you want to write in and let us know that you are real and exist, uh, we have a email address at detoursandoutliers at gmail dot com. Uh, we do you know. Ask that you rate, review, subscribe. We've had six whole people rate us on iTunes. Rolinga. Rolinga. That, that's what it's called. We will we will Rolinga if you uh, give us a five-star review uh, or something. Anyway, um, I guess that'll do it. This is Scott Livingston. Logan Renard. Matthew Marr. And tune in next week when we try and figure out who this artist is. Mm-hmm.